You're listening to Life, the Universe, and Everything Else. Today on the show, Wikipedia. Life, the Universe, and Everything Else explores issues of science, critical thinking, and secular humanism. If you have questions or comments about the show, or you'd like to suggest a topic, you can find us on Twitter or Facebook, or send us an email at lueepodcast at winnipegskeptics.com. Show notes and references can be found at lueepodcast.com. My name is Jem Newman, and with me today I have Lauren Bailey. Hello. Ashlyn Noble. Hi there. And Laura Creek Newman. Hi. And a kitty. Oh, is there a kitty? Oh, yeah, the, ki- <laughs> the kitties have arrived. <laughs> so what is Wikipedia? Well, that question is kind of nonsense, isn't it? I mean, you're listening to a podcast. I, I usually start off my intros with a, with a what is blank, but I have trouble imagining anyone listening to this show who doesn't know what Wikipedia is. Wikipedia describes itself as an online encyclopedia, but that's not quite it. Wikipedia is often compared to the esteemed Encyclopedia Britannica, a comparison that I'm sure Lauren will expand upon. (laughs) But I can't flip through Britannica to find out whether there's a new episode of Lodge 49 next week. There isn't, unfortunately. And it would be a hell of a lot harder to play Getting to Philosophy using a 32-volume set. And although it has many omissions and contains much that is apocryphal, or at least wildly inaccurate, it scores over the older, more pedestrian work in two important ways. First, it is slightly cheaper, and second, it has the words Don't Panic inscribed in large, friendly letters on the cover. Wikipedia is the Internet's standard repository of all knowledge and wisdom. Sure, I'm quoting Adams here, but I'm also serious. And I suspect that it will remain that way for the rest of our lives and beyond. The very existence of Wikipedia has redefined our conception of what an encyclopedia should be. Wikipedia has been in the top 10 most visited websites in the world every year since 2007. It's big both in terms of size and influence. And I think that it deserves scrutiny, not because it's overtly sinister, but simply because everything deserves scrutiny now and again, especially big important things. But don't worry, I promise, I promise I won't make this grim. Oh, I'd like to see you try. (laughs) So uh, let's start off with how big Wikipedia is. Uh, You've all done a bunch of research on Wikipedia, presumably on Wikipedia. Uh, So uh, what do you think? How big is Wikipedia? How many, uh, how many articles? Anyone know um, off the top of their head? I read a statistic while I was researching that it would take 17 years straight of reading to get through it all. And that's just the current English format. Wow. Uh, millions of articles. Uh, yeah, it is, it is millions. Uh, English Wikipedia uh, is currently sitting at uh, about 5.7 million articles. And that is only 11% of the entirety of Wikipedia. Yep, that's correct. So English Wikipedia, even if you compressed it, and text compresses very well, let hmm. me tell you, 
uh, English Wikipedia uh, compressed takes up more than 11 gigabytes of space. Uh, if it were sold in a set, like the Encyclopedia Britannica used to be, how many volumes would it be? Any guesses? How, Britannica? How big are the volumes? Well, so, so uh, Britannica sized volumes. So, Encyclopedia Britannica, which is no longer offered in a, in a uh, paper format anymore. Uh, 2010 was the last paper edition. Did you find that on Wikipedia? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, is, it was 32 volumes was the last edition of Britannica. And the volumes uh, were uh, about two inches wide at the spine. So how many of those? 500. Okay. I feel like I'm lowballing it. Let's talk about font size, letting, and kerning. Are uh, we gilding the pages? What's the size of our oh, borders, just Jim? <laughs> we, we, uh, we are assuming uh, Britannica uh, typesetting, type etc. And this is just ballpark because there's a lot of assumptions that go into these calculations. Uh, and we're, we're also saying ignoring all of the images on all of the pages, right. just the mm. text. Uh, I'm going to say 10,000. And eight turned on its side. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Laura highballed it, uh, Ashlyn lowballed it. It is about 2,700 volumes it would take to print Wikipedia. Okay. I, there... I feel like I've seen an image of somebody beside a gigantic stack of paper that is supposed to be some portion of it, and so I was trying to base it off yeah. of that. But <laughs> There was actually an art installation that involved printing Wikipedia, and they used a print-on-demand service to print like a, a large portion of Wikipedia, yeah. uh, and then... Uh, wallpapered the walls with more of Wikipedia and like that, but it still didn't even come close. Yeah. Uh, and it was a room, like, that was all Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk history. Wikipedia is a wiki. Uh, does anyone know what a wiki is? <laughs> We're getting into Ouroboros territory here, <laughs> So wikis are uh, software that allow users to collaboratively create and edit web content in their web browsers without any special tools. So I have a question. Yes. And you might have decided to cover this, but I want to know first anyway. Was Wikipedia the first use of a wiki? Or did no. they just take this thing that was already existing? Nope. They took a thing that was already existing. Hmm. Um, so wikis predate Wikipedia by about five years. Okay. And do you know what the first one was for? Uh, I don't. I don't. I couldn't even find what the first online encyclopedia was. Interesting. Uh, because there have been lots of them that mm -hmm. were very small and never took off. But I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit too. I, I, I use wikis all the time. Uh, they're very useful for software development and, and like like that. I use them to look up information about games that I'm playing that I don't want to find out myself. <laughs> yep, yep. That is probably the second most common use of a wiki these days, I'm sure. <laughs> I've written SharePoint wikis. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I've written GitHub wikis. I'm sure they're equally you. bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, wikis promote interlinked content as well, which can result in some fun games, mm. uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Wikis as a concept and as a software product were invented by Ward Cunningham in 1995. And they are named after the Hawaiian word for quick, which is wiki-wiki. Wikipedia actually began its life as Newpedia, which was launched the 9th of March 2000 by Jimmy Wales and Larry Sanger. Newpedia was a little bit different than Wikipedia in that it featured extensive peer review. In fact, the original concept was that most of the articles would be written by PhDs who were subject matter experts, who would presumably volunteer their time 
to uh, to write these articles, um, then these articles would be peer-reviewed uh, by other editors, and then they would go live on the site. So in Newpedia's first year, any guesses on how many articles went live on the site? If they had to go through all of that and it wasn't very well known, 35. 10. Uh, Just a small number. Two. <laughs> <laughs> Laura was reading her phone. <laughs> I really was. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ashlyn, you highballed it. It was 25. Okay, okay. 25 articles in the first year. Wikipedia itself actually began as a side project of Newpedia in an effort to scrape together more content. So Wikipedia was launched on the 15th of January 2001, so uh, a little under a year later. And it was intended to allow collaborative creation of articles for Newpedia, which would then enter the peer review process and be posted on the um, on the Newpedia site. So it was like the slapdash version of, of Newpedia. Wikipedia used Ward Cunningham's wiki technology to facilitate this collaboration. And some argue, <laughs> it has been argued... Uh, that the idea for Wikipedia was proposed by Richard Stallman in December of 2000. But, you know, Stallman gets credit for a lot of things. Uh, basically, he was like, wouldn't it be great if, it, if there were, like, a free... And I'm sure he used the phrase free as in freedom because it's Richard Stallman. Wouldn't it be great if there were this uh, free encyclopedia that everyone could edit? But as far as I can tell, Richard Stallman was not actually involved in the creation of Wikipedia in any way. So in its first year, how many articles do you think went live on Wikipedia? 35. <laughs> 350. I'll give it a times 10 for not having to go through peer review. So remember, it actually took a couple of years before Wikipedia started getting serious attention. Yeah. Like, Wikipedia was not really a thing when I was in high school. It existed at the end of my high school career, but... Mm. It wasn't even really a big thing when I was in high school, and I was a few years behind you. I remember our teachers telling us, like, don't use don't Wikipedia, use it. maybe, yeah. but it wasn't, I think, the first thing that we all went to. And, like, it, you said it was the top ten websites in the world starting in 2007, yeah. and it started in 2001. That's correct. So it took a while. Mm-hmm. So Ashlyn says 350 articles. 200. All y'all talking about this being your high school years just makes me feel really old. <laughs> um... 516. Nice. I like the specificity of it. <laughs> 18,000. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. In the first year. Mm-hmm. Were a bunch of them stubs? <laughs> <laughs> you can help by expanding it. Oh, so eventually, Newpedia was closed down, and its <laughs> content was folded into Wikipedia rather than the reverse. Poor sad little Newpedia. It's a nope-pedia. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Wikipedia transitioned to a, a non-profit, but Wales remained on as sort of the figurehead of Head Wikipedia. Funder. Yeah. The literal figurehead. You see his beardy face begging you for money every year or so. There was actually an internal debate um, as to what to do with Wikipedia and Newpedia because, you know, they, they were both uh, created by the same people, who's Wales and um, Sanger. And Wales preferred Wikipedia's speedy article creation, while Larry Sanger was dissatisfied with its, let's say, 
wild inaccuracy in, in, in some places and preferred peer review. And Sanger actually ended up leaving the project. He later went on to found in 2006 Citizendium. God, these names are bad. An online encyclopedia that favors expert review. And there is uh, still an ongoing controversy over whether they are co-founders or not. <laughs> yeah, right, yep. Mm-hmm. So both Wikipedia and Newpedia were funded by Bomis, which was an advertising company that had also been co-founded by Wales. Not Bombus, the sock company which does not sponsor us. No. <laughs> Bomis. B-O-M-I-S. Uh, so d- despite being uh, funded initially by an advertising company, Wales confirmed in 2002 that Wikipedia would never feature commercial advertising. So aside from uh, Newpedia and Wikipedia, uh, or perhaps in addition to it, maybe Laura will get to this later, Bombus focused on male-centric content. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Sports, cars, and nude women. Uh, the core project of Bombus uh, at uh, one point was the Babe Engine, a search engine specifically designed for pornography. <laughs> Jimmy Wales was CEO of Bombus until 2004. Uh, an early Wikipedia controversy actually involved Jimmy Wales himself editing the Bombus Wikipedia article in 2005 to remove references to the fact that Bombus was a provider of softcore pornography. <laughs> this edit was reverted. <laughs> Neither Wikipedia nor Newpedia were, as I mentioned earlier, the first online encyclopedia. I I could not figure out uh, what was. But an earlier online encyclopedia, actually, is H2G2. Hmm. I remember visiting this in high school. Hmm. Uh, have you ever, any Never of you ever, no? Okay, so this um, this was actually an online encyclopedia, H2G2, referring to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So two H's, two G's. Uh, it was uh, founded by Douglas Adams and the Digital Village, uh, oh, really? based on Douglas Adams' book. So uh, H2G2 actually predates Wikipedia uh, and Newpedia. It was founded in 1999, uh, and for about 10 years it was run by the BBC, uh, although it is now privately owned. In an interesting twist, of course, uh, as we mentioned earlier, Britannica is also now an online encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk quickly about licensing. Uh, people plagiarize Wikipedia all the time, not us, obviously. Uh, <laughs> we note our quotations. <laughs> but uh, people do plagiarize Wikipedia. Does Wikipedia mind? Does anyone know? Are you allowed to just copy from Wikipedia willy-nilly? I feel like they probably have some sort of, you know... License? Share it but don't change it kind of thing, but and also maybe attribute it. I can't somebody else word this better. They uh, it is actually a little bit more open than uh, you suggest. It would be a very strange thing if you were allowed to share it but not change it, since That's you could true. just change yeah. it, then share it, and then change right. it back. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about the, uh, the, the creative license that um, Podcastle and, and such uses. Is that a Creative Commons license? Yeah. Yeah. So Wikipedia uh, primarily uses the Creative Commons uh, attribution share-alike license. Okay. CC by SA is usually how it's it's abbreviated, uh, which means that uh, you are free to copy it and use it so long as you attribute it to Wikipedia and so long as the work that you are using it in is also share-alike. Interesting. Okay. So So you you allow... You can use it for profit. uh, You can use it for profit. 
you can sell things that are share alike, but you have to also, so uh, a good example is Red Hat Linux. There are lots of like distributions of Linux that you can, you can sell, but you, people can also, God, it's complicated. Okay, um, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> this is not... And it also uses the GNU free documentation license in some places where CC is not specified. But essentially, you, you, you can share it, but you have to cite it is the primary distinction there. So you can't just plagiarize from Wikipedia. There is lots of good skeptical content on Wikipedia. We've talked about guerrilla skepticism on Wikipedia in the past, and a lot of these sort of major skeptical articles, like um, uh, articles on homeopathy, cryptozoology, parapsychology, that sort of thing, those are well patrolled by skeptics. So any sort of nonsense that gets in there is usually wiped out pretty quickly. It's also a good skeptical resource. You know, you can learn a lot about critical thinking, logical fallacies on Wikipedia. When you say that, just in terms of the content that's on there, or like by watching... No, I mean in terms of it, like there are good articles yeah, on, on okay. skeptical topics. Okay. That's what I was trying to determine, yeah. whether it was, you know, you can sort of watch how things are done on there and what is there, and then... If <laughs> you can, you can also do that. That is yeah. true, but I wasn't sure how meta you were being with this. <laughs> um, there's, also, uh, there's also lots of uh, good articles, uh, like the list of common misconceptions <laughs> is... Uh, a gold mine. Uh, the article on perverse incentives is particularly interesting. Uh, I love that one. And uh, there's also a, a convenient list of apocalypses. <laughs> I've Excellent. been there. Yep. We've celebrated a couple of those. Yeah. So, uh, so Wikipedia can be very useful and a lot of fun. But is it reliable? There's a Disney movie called The Computer Wore Tennis Shoes. It was originally released in 1969, starring a teenage Kurt Russell, and it was remade in 1995 with friend of the podcast, Kurt Cameron. Oh, good. <laughs> in both versions, a series of zany events implants the information from a computer encyclopedia into the brain of a teenage underachiever, and hijinks ensue. That boy, it's unfair. He's an intellectual freak. In the Kirk Cameron version, the ruse is found out because he repeated a blatantly false fact that was the Chekhov's gun presented at the start of the movie. When you really look at the evidence, the truth is it takes more faith to be an atheist than it does to believe in God. You've really got to ignore the facts. So the moral was, you can't trust everything you read on the internet. And I'm sure there were some embarrassing mid-90s references to surfing the net and cyberspace and everyone learned the value of studying and hard work. <laughs> uh-huh. So, as Jem mentioned, the same year that the Kirk Cameron version was released, the technology for Wikipedia was created by Ward Cunningham, who, obviously, is named for a Leave at the Beaver Happy Days crossover that the world never got to see. I'm going to do something for you, Cunningham, I never did for anybody before. I'm going to teach you the secret of being tough. <laughs> Hard on the beaver. There's that shitty joke I was asking if you were going to make. <laughs> nope. <laughs> All of that was to say that Wikipedia was born into a world that was already suspicious of any information found for free on the internet. 
My information and studies for the segment are all, I believe, about the English version of Wikipedia, because it has the most articles, comprising 11% of Wikipedia content, as I mentioned before, and it has been studied more than any of the other 291 active versions. From the day that Wales and Sanger registered Wikipedia, people have had questions on the reliability and factual accuracy of a free service edited by an anonymous legion. We do not forgive. We do not forget. Universities and schools have banned it as a citable source, librarian societies have looked down at the thought of people using it for primary source, and established encyclopedias have issued open letters rejecting study results that show Wiki as similarly accurate to their services. Yep, so I've, read, start, I've read some of those. <laughs> so let's start there. A 2005 study published in Nature magazine claimed that for its admittedly small sample, Wikipedia had about the same amount of factual errors as similar articles in the Encyclopedia Britannica. The non-peer-reviewed study was based on Nature's selection of 42 articles on scientific topics, including biographies of well-known scientists. The articles were compared for accuracy by anonymous academic reviewers, a customary practice for journal article reviews. Based on their reviews, on average, the Wikipedia articles were described as containing four errors or omissions, while the Britannica articles contained three. Only four serious errors were found in the Wikipedia, and four in Britannica. The study concluded that Wikipedia comes close to Britannica in terms of the accuracy of its science entries, although Wikipedia's articles were often poorly structured. Britannica balked at the results, which led Nature to release details of its survey methods, and Britannica in turn declared the methods faulty, as you do when you don't like them. Nature had apparently used excerpts of Britannica articles that may have removed some of the needed context, so they would only take chunks of the articles, not the full thing. And Britannica also accused them of using articles on the junior version of the encyclopedia. Yeah. I was wondering about that. It's like, are they just publishing like broad knowledge or completely different information on the junior? I don't know. There is the simple English version of Wikipedia, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what's that? 5,000? 10,000 words? I, I think it's 10,000. It's 10,000. 10,000. The version that I learned yeah. is 10,000. The 10,000 most common English words is the mm-hmm. only ones you're allowed to use. Yeah. yeah. So I'd never heard of something called simple English before. And all I can imagine is, does it use phrases like double plus ungood? Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're pretty, I, I like that. I've, I've read some of them just to be like, I wonder what how, how I would explain this in simple terms. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty good. Hmm, cool. When I went to school for technical communication, we did do an entire semester, like a, there was an actual course on simple English. Mm. <laughs> Because sometimes you have to convey something to an audience that would require simple English. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a great thing. I just didn't realize that this was a mm-hmm. specific thing. So Britannica also argued that a breakdown of the errors indicated in the mistakes in Wikipedia were more often the inclusion of incorrect facts. Well, the mistakes in Britannica were errors of omission. Oh. Big difference there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they were curating their articles in particular ways, whereas Wikipedia just wasn't getting things quite right. Yeah. Britannica argued that that made them far more accurate than Wikipedia, according to the figures. Nature rejected Britannica's objections, and everyone is still rather huffy about it. <laughs> <laughs> in June 2006, Roy Rosenwig, a professor specializing in American history, published a comparison of the Wikipedia biographies of 25 Americans to the corresponding biographies found on Encarta and American National Biography Online. He wrote that Wikipedia is surprisingly accurate in reporting names, dates, and events in U.S. history. I would hope so. (laughs) And he described some of the errors as... Like, that's the easy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
widely held but inaccurate beliefs. Mm. So that's where he found the errors. Mm -hmm. And like, that's pervasive, right? It's like, it's pub trivia stuff. It's like the stuff you talk to your friends about over beers or whatever. It's the cherry tree mythology. Yeah. Stuff that belongs in the list of... uh, Common misconceptions. misconceptions. (laughs) So Rosenwig stated that Wikipedia often fails to distinguish important from trivial details. Everything has the same level of import. I knew I had something in common with Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) And it also does not provide the best references. But this was from 2006, remember. He also complained about Wikipedia's lack of pervasive analysis and interpretations and clear and engaging prose. So maybe he should have been reading Newpedia. (laughs) (laughs) It's been 12 years since then, so tons of studies have been done and continue to be done regarding the accuracy of wiki articles as compared to other encyclopedias or to the body of knowledge held by experts in the fields of the articles selected, and they all have come to similar conclusions. A 2012 study co-authored by American economist Shane Greenstein examined a decade of Wikipedia articles on United States politics and found that the more contributors there were to a given article the more neutral it tended to be, Hmm. and in line with the narrow interpretation of Linus's law. Linus's law, named for Linus Torvalds, the inventor of Linux, states that given a large enough beta tester and co-developer base, almost every problem will be characterized quickly and then the fix obvious to someone. It was coined by Eric S. Raymond, noted software developer and open source evangelist. I would like to stop here to acknowledge the irony of me getting most of my information about the reliability of Wikipedia from the wiki article on the subject of Wikipedia reliability. <laughs> it's the first hit on the Google search for the for the topic. Definitely not biased. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Linus's law. Wikipedia editors, I feel, are still going to be relatively more biased toward Wikipedia than your average group. I think that's probably true, but there is there, do, there does appear to be kind of a a, a stubborn contrarian um, movement. A, yeah, a, 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 yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, and I'm so, sure if people who don't normally edit other Wikipedia articles would come to that article to be like, I can show them. I'll tell them exactly how unreliable that like, article is. Like people who like the Jimmy Whale stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that's <laughs> there's lots of stuff on Wikipedia that is embarrassing to Jimmy Whales. Yeah. That the editors make sure is still up there, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's going to be a mixed bag to some degree, but I, I agree that you should be very suspicious of bias. <laughs> yeah. We get to that. So me getting my information from Wikipedia about the reliability of Wikipedia gets, gets us to encounter the problem of the information loop or circular reporting, which is another mm-hmm. ri- reliability issue that Wikipedia has been accused of. Information found on Wikipedia could be, and has been, reported as facts, and then the report or article cited in Wikipedia, leading to a feedback loop where we cannot be sure where the information actually originated. Mm -hmm. So basically, somebody can make an unsourced claim in a Wikipedia article, then a news report, because journalism is dead, uh, will pass that information along. That news source is then cited on Wikipedia as the source of that information. Like, the citation Mm -hmm. is added to Wikipedia, Mm -hmm. citing the news report that was originally based on the Wikipedia article. So now now there's a solid citation, and it's not going away. Yeah. And that's what Lauren said, just using a lot fewer words. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought, okay, I'm sorry, Lauren. No, it's fine. One of the dangers of this kind of loop is that if the original information in Wikipedia is false, and then it has been reported from using the Wikipedia information in other sources. And then even if Wiki updates to the true information, that false information is still out there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And 
it's going to spread around the internet. Especially if people are looking at saying, oh, this news report said that this was true. It's a similar thing that happens when everybody uses the same AP article and there's only the one yeah. source, but everybody yeah. knows. Journalism is dead. Well, yeah. I, I mean, that's been a thing, though, since... Since the AP, AP came out. And, and Reuters and those kinds of big things have... And 24-hour news cycles have been the norm, right? Yeah. That's not new. That kind of thing no. has been happening. Yeah. Does anybody know the name for the term of creating reliable sources for false facts? It's cytogenesis. Oh, nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that was coined by XKCD creator Randall Monroe. Cytogen, like sight is in sight, like is in sighting something. Yeah, would be the creation of cells. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, wait, how are they spelling this? Okay. Cytogenesis. Nice. It just makes my pun-loving heart grow. Is it a pun though? Yeah. I feel like that's just an accurate description. Mm-hmm. You're generating a citation. How is it a pun? I don't but understand But it's also wordplay. To be it's honest. also a pun on as you were saying cytogenesis with the Y. Which is the creation of cells. The, as opposed to so, the so it's a pun on a different kind of creation. I hate it when um, puns are really like clever it. and good and don't make me groan because it's hard to hate them. Yeah. I know. Maybe it's because I don't hate it. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> I'm going to rationalize puns this. puns are awful, and so it's very easy to be, like, terrible. She's married to me. She knows all of the awful puns now. It's true that Wikipedia relies on the good nature of masses to edit its article, but it also has a robust cadre of moderators and senior editors. Most intentional article vandalism or misinformation is removed or corrected within minutes, especially for popular or contentious topics. An informal assessment by IT magazine PC Pro for its 2007 article, Wikipedia Uncovered, tested Wikipedia by introducing 10 errors that varied between bleeding obvious and deftly subtle into articles, and the researchers later corrected the articles that they had edited. Labeling the results impressive, it noticed that all but one was noted and fixed within the hour, and that the Wikipedians, tools and know-how were just too much for our team. It's a British magazine, I think. <laughs> a second series of another 10 tests, using far more subtle errors and additional techniques to conceal their nature, met similar results. Quote PC Pro, Despite our stealth attempts, the vast majority were discovered remarkably quickly. Two of the latter series were not detected. The article concluded that Wikipedia corrects the vast majority of errors within minutes, but if they're not spotted within the first day, the chances dwindle, as you're relying on someone to spot the errors while reading the article, rather than reviewing the edits. A study done in late 2007 systematically inserted inaccuracies into Wikipedia entries about the lives of philosophers, and depending on how exactly the data are interpreted, either one-third or one-half of the inaccuracies were corrected within 48 hours. A 2007, again, peer-reviewed study that measured the actual number of page views with damaged content concluded that 42% of damage is repaired almost immediately before it can confuse, offend, or mislead anyone. But there are still hundreds of millions of damaged page views. Locke Foucault, a professor for mechanical and aerospace engineering at the University of Florida, stated in 2008 that Sometimes errors may go for years without being corrected, as experts don't usually read Wikipedia articles in their own field to correct the errors. Mm-hmm. And that is a very good point. That is the big... If you take anything away from this segment, that's... Mm-hmm. You're relying on the goodwill of people who may not be the experts in the field. When was the last time... Hmm. <laughs> I don't think I've ever visited the Wikipedia pages for, like, the vast majority of programming languages that I work in, or for... 
Jeez, I don't even know if I've been to the machine learning Wikipedia page at all. <laughs> I have, but that's nothing for me. I, mean, yeah. I use Wikipedia a lot for a jumping off point for the yeah. hist- like histories and stuff that I study. So I'm not saying that I'm an expert in my field of research that I do for fun, but I do notice that there's inaccuracies. Mm-hmm. And that's why I do have an editing handle and can go in and change some things. Yep. I think we all tend to use Wikipedia as at least a jumping off point for mm-hmm. when we're putting segments together for the show. Or anything, really. Like you said, like you, you Google something and Wikipedia is almost always the first hit for most things, especially yeah. like historical or just basic factual function science types of things. So by default or by preference, you end up using Wikipedia as a place to start, just as a general I've never heard of this thing. What is this thing? Mm -hmm. And then from there, you can keep saying, okay, I've now read Wikipedia. Now I should find some other sources just to make me feel more legit. (laughs) The general survey. Yeah. The Wikipedia article might be the first entry on Google, but is it the first entry on the Babe engine, my preferred search engine? I don't think so. Oh, Jim. You can't even say that with a straight face, (laughs) Numa. I said that I have an editing handle. And that is mostly because one egregious grammatical style error, and I wish that more wiki editors dealt with, is that when they do a quotation, they put the end quotation marks inside the period. So the first reason I I logged in to Wikipedia was so I could could fix the grammatical style errors. That that is region specific. (laughs) Depends on your style guide. I use the Canadian style guide, Jim. It's something that Lauren and I do not agree on. <laughs> I will keep the period inside the quotation mark if the period is part of the quotation. <laughs> See, that's how I feel also. It's pure anarchy. Otherwise, it, the yes! quote ends and then the sentence ends. Pure anarchy. It's written into my notes. <laughs> I didn't write, this will make Jim go batshit. I just wrote pure anarchy. <laughs> so I have another fun uh, grammatical fact the article about the band The Eagles, <laughs> apparently on all of their like album covers and such, the band name is in fact just Eagles. And so occasionally someone will come along to their Wikipedia page and just like control F the and delete them all. <laughs> results in just nothing. Pure <laughs> nothing energy. Good. Pure energy. Yeah. Just delete all the thes. Doesn't matter how, whether this makes sense or not. They don't belong here. That's what regular expressions are for. How <laughs> oh, you said. We were talking before about the amount of articles. As you, you were saying about the, the English Wikipedia? Yeah. Yeah. And as of October 2018, the various versions, so there's 302, and 10 of those are inactive, so there's 292 versions of Wikipedia, and they have a combined 49 million articles. There are 3,702 moderators in charge of 78 million users with logins. Of those 78 million, guess how many are active users? Uh, How do you define active users? People who have logged in and edited an article in the past 30 days. Oh, 30 days. That's very active. That is how Wikipedia defines their active users. I am not an active user. What's the total? So there's 78 million users total. Ashlyn says 3,000. 100,000. 32,000. This is as of October 2018. 302,456. They log in... Only a hundred times what I said. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then have logged in in the last month and made edits. 
This small percentage of active editors is troubling, though, because it is a known problem of individual bias in articles. Although much has been written focusing on minor factual errors in Wikipedia articles, there are also concerns about large-scale, presumably unintentional effects from the increasing influence and use of Wikipedia as a research tool at all levels. And you may be getting more opinion than fact on some esoteric articles. I've definitely run into that, especially as I plumb the depths of thousand-year-old history on mm -hmm. Wikipedia. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There are some conservative folks that vocally believe that the overall bias of Wikipedia articles and edits skews too liberal. Is that because reality has a liberal bias? That's what I was going to say. Yeah, and that's what Jimmy Wales says, basically. Oh, he says the Wikipedia community is very diverse, from liberal to conservative to libertarian and beyond. I don't want to know what's beyond libertarianism. <laughs> I think we know what's beyond libertarianism. Yeah, we, uh -huh. we, we've met some of those. If averages mattered, and due to the nature of the wiki software, no voting... They almost certainly don't. I would say, I being Jimmy, would say that Wikipedia community <laughs> is slightly more liberal than the U.S. population on average because we are global and the international community of English speakers is slightly more liberal than the U.S. population. There are no data or surveys to back that. I like the slightly more liberal. <laughs> yeah. like, no kidding. Human garbage Andrew Sheffley, who is the son of toxic waste on Phyllis Sheffley, started his own site, Conservapedia, mm -hmm. because he found Wikipedia increasingly anti-Christian and anti-American. Conservapedia, so, like, is the illustration of Poe's Law. Yeah. Like, it, it is impossible to believe that it is not a parody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He thought it was anti-Christian and anti-American because it had British spellings <laughs> and coverage of topics like creationism oh, and the effect of Christianity on the Renaissance. Nah. So only some of the articles have British spellings, though, because, for example, if it's a person or an invention, whichever country can claim that they are the origin of this thing gets to also claim the spelling on the article of things like flavor and color. Oh, really? I learned so much bizarre stuff reading. That is really cool. <laughs> I'm going to have to figure out how to claim everything. Well, the uh, illustration of this is the article for potato chips. Um... <laughs> They were arguing so much over how to spell flavor because the Brits and the Americans both claimed that they invented the potato chip, and they solved it by changing it to the word seasoned. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, nice. but if they're already calling it, if they're already not calling them crisps, crisps. You, they've already lost the battle, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, let somebody add that redirect. <laughs> yeah, potato chip now redirects to crisps, not the other way around. <laughs> so getting back to the human garbage. In 2007, an article on the Christian Post criticized Wikipedia's coverage of intelligent design, saying that it was biased and hypocritical. For science! <laughs> Lawrence Solomon of the National Review stated that Wikipedia articles on subjects like global warming, intelligent design, and Roe versus Wade are slanted in favor of liberal views. I'm of the opinion, in all of my liberal bias, that these folks can go beat feet and spew their inaccuracies elsewhere, like Conservapedia. Another complaint leveled at Wikipedia is about its uneven coverage of topics. We have all fallen down a wiki hole, as we were talking about earlier, and eventually ended up at a... stub article! With no information. <laughs> you especially find these, well, I do at least, in the natural history or scientific categories of articles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I'm researching a extinct species of mushroom and it's a stub, I'm so angry. 
<laughs> this organic chemistry related article is a stub. You can help by expanding it. I would if I knew what this compound was. <laughs> yeah. I'm working on that. But as opposed to the stubs, you can merrily read all day about the different seasons of obscure television shows. Mm-hmm. Stephen Colbert once mockingly praised Wikipedia for having a longer entry on lightsabers than it does on the printing press. That's so good. And listeners may recall my frustration at the lack of a Wikipedia article on bovanine <laughs> for my patent medical research for our September episode. I had to scour the internet without a broad jumping off point and list of further reading. Mm-hmm. I had to research and it was hard and I whined. <laughs> Can verify. <laughs> And a broad jumping off point is essentially what Wikipedia is. No matter how in-depth the article about lightsabers is, all of the information came from elsewhere, and the majority of articles list their sources at the bottom. Wiki provides a survey of the available information, sometimes written well, sometimes not so well, and it leaves you, the reader, to either accept the info or go digging for more. And that's what we're talking about. If you just want a broad survey of the information, Wiki's great, provided you don't hit a stub. But the same is true for any traditional encyclopedia, and the major benefit to Wikipedia is that this information can be updated rapidly as events or known facts change. Well, like Jim was saying in the intro, I love using Wikipedia for, like, have I seen this episode of the show or should I download it? (laughs) I use it all the time, but I look at the summary and go to the next one until I hit one I haven't seen yet, download that one. Yeah. You can't do that with the paper version. (laughs) The Gould Library at Carleton College in Minnesota has a web page describing the use of Wikipedia in academia. It asserts that Wikipedia is without question a valuable and informative resource, but that there is an inherent lack of reliability and stability to its articles, again drawing attention to similar advantages and limitations as other sources. And as other reviews, it comments that one should assess one's sources and what is desired from your sources and that Wikipedia may be an appropriate resource for some assignments, but not for others. So that's the academic stamp on there. The Gould Library cites Wikipedia co-founder Jimmy Wales again. Jimmy's view is that Wikipedia may not be ideal as a source for all academic uses, and suggests that at least one strength of Wikipedia is it provides a good starting point for current information on a wide range of topics. So use your judgment. Think critically about an article's sources. Click through and read the information provided. Wikipedia may be mostly reliable, but it's not a substitute for your primary sources or your hard evidence. I found it so remarkable because research is so much of an ingrained part of my life that it must have been about 2008 when I was texting with a friend and she was having trouble because she was studying the Osberg ship and she had to write a report for the university class that she was in at the time and she says, I'm not allowed to use Wikipedia as a source. What do I do? And I said, scroll to the bottom of the article. Click on all those links. I can do that? Yeah, you're not allowed to not go to Wikipedia. (laughs) Here is your project. You're just not allowed to put, like, Wikipedia in your references section and be done with it. I I did have to teach her how to have the internet automatically translate one of the web pages from Danish, but... Can you teach me that? Because I don't know how to do that. It just bothered me that she was in a university level course and all she heard was don't use wikipedia not hey here's a great place to type this in and then mm-hmm. i feel like she had to have been willfully ignorant 
because the, when I was in university, I took a lot of first year courses because I did kind of a broad spectrum of stuff. And every freaking first year university course, we had to learn how to use the library and learn how to oh, use God. the online sources. And you couldn't just skip that class because they wouldn't warn you. I do want to uh, caution people, too, that like going to the Wikipedia article and using it for background is great. But remember that if the Wikipedia article like is biased intentionally or unintentionally, you can have selective citations. Yeah. So mm -hmm. even just going to the bottom and clicking all, through all the citations is not necessarily going to give you a comprehensive or even nearly comprehensive picture of the topic at hand. That's because, true. Uh, like we know this when we're looking at meta-analyses in science, right? Mm -hmm. You can get, a by cherry-picking where you're getting your data from, you can get a very skewed picture. So just be careful. And, uh, and one of the things that I do, especially when looking into something that is controversial at all is intentionally search out adversarial sources mm. and see if you know they seem to be making any sort of a point <laughs> yeah. all right laura why don't we go further down this wikipedia rabbit hole you can tell us all about uh, this this anonymous legion of editors. As Lauren mentioned, Wikipedia has a huge number of contributors, but not all of them are regular or active as as Wikipedia defines it. So I thought I'd take a look at who these people are a little bit and some of the issues that go along with that. So one thing that's been noted um, by Wikipedia and the Wikimedia Foundation, which is the global parent company, if you will, of Wikipedia, um, is that there, despite a continuously increasing number of articles, the there's been a decreasing number of active contributors mm -hmm. since 2005. So wow. considering that it started in 2001, since 2005, they've noted, th noted this decline. And it's been sort of flat since about 2011, but there's been a sig significant decline there. Could that be that a lot of the low-hanging fruit has been plucked? You have less of a requirement for content creation because a lot of the basic stuff is already on there. Now, that could be, and it's hard to say exactly. I'm going to get into a couple of other potential issues that might be contributing to it. Um, one thing that some sources did note and... Ashlyn will probably cover some of this. In around 2007-2008 is when there was a lot of controversies and a lot of the edit wars and that were happening. And a lot of hoaxes were very common at that time. So community standards and expectations became much more stringent at that time. So there's some thought that some of the people either self-removed or were removed from the editing cycle. There. Some of them just grew up and stopped. Some of them grew up and it just became a barrier for those people who weren't as interested in really going on there and and doing it. But this does pose problems. Wikipedia itself um, did a major study in 2011 where they acknowledged this problem and they note that people are getting older who are doing it. They're getting they're doing a lot of the same things. And so eventually they're just not as interested. They've sort of burned out, whatever it is. And the, the risk of bias and the risk of unreliability increases as you have this small pool of people with this ever-increasing number of articles to then maintain and, and update as, as knowledge grows. The Wikipedia gene pool? 
Yeah, it gets yeah, smaller exactly. And smaller. It gets smaller and smaller. One one fact that goes along with this, and this sort of answers Jem's question, is that where these people are dropping out. And so one big thing that they've noted is that new user retention has decreased significantly starting in 2004, even. Mm. So what they were what they look at when they study that is the new user retention at one year after they've started making they've started editing. So in 2004, people they were retaining about 30% of the new users at a year and at 2009 it was down to about 12%. And again, that's really not moving there. So what this really comes down to is that a lot of people will talk about this culture, some will call it like elite hackerism or this very elite editor culture there. So the people who are in it are really active and do a lot of things there. For example, 1.2% of editors made 500 to 1000 edits, but this group made more than 45% of the total edits that were on there. So it's a small number of people making large numbers of edits individually and making large number of edits to Wikipedia English as a group group there. So they're controlling a lot of what's going on there. Yeah. And you're not having new people coming in. And again, that really encourages that eliteness there. It's hard to say, it's sort of a chicken and egg problem, whether um, this culture came out of some of those hoaxes and edit wars and trying to sort of clean up the editor Mm -hmm. pool, or whether it's like-minded elitist kind of people that were drawn to it and were looking for a place to shut out others. It's, you know, it's, I don't know the answer to that one, but it could be seen from either side. I'm not one of the elite editors. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then of course there's just the culture around these things. When when you get into these elite kinds of groups, a lot of times people who are not part of that in-group find it very, very difficult and even hostile to try to enter into Mm -hmm. that in-group. So a lot of new users will will note that their first edits are very quickly rejected, um, sort of as a rite of passage, if you will. And, And that is... You know, reject if it needs rejecting, but don't just reject because it's somebody new. It's not very welcoming. Yeah, Yeah, exactly, right? And then the talk pages that exist for the editors to go back and forth on different things are often very charged environments and use a lot of aggressive, not aggressive, but very highly assertive um, and worst case scenario kind of language. So again, it's not very welcoming to somebody who's perhaps very new at this and wants to learn and then is being shut down from 10 different directions for... Something that is probably relatively minor, but, uh, you know, that's just the culture there. So, yeah, this really discourages engagement, um, particularly among women and minorities, right? Because who is the average editor in this? (laughs) Essentially, in their 2011 study, Wikipedia notes these problems, like I had said, um, that they want to have... um, they want to improve retention. They want to make it more open to people. But they do note that their average editor is of either U.S. or European descent, a man, around 30, computer savvy. And um, <laughs> so, gem, <laughs> essentially. Big bushy red beard. <laughs> I was, was going to save this for later, but this quote from an MIT review in 2013 seems very relevant here. It says... Wikipedia's ranks have winnowed to a coterie of extremely dedicated contributors. This is a culture that caters to the most committed, not mere dilettantes. Editors tend to be the sort of obsessives more likely to debate every little detail. Jen? Look <laughs> <laughs> that look. <laughs> Just saying it fit in right there. 
All right, so what has Wikipedia done about these these issues with their contributors that they acknowledge is a problem for the product that they're trying to make accessible to the world and be as accurate as possible? Well, so far for the contributors, they have opened up something called the Tea Houses, uh, which is supposed to be a more welcoming space for new editors, and people are really encouraged to post really positive comments and like, hey, I really like that edit. Here's a, what is it, a bacon, a barn house? I don't know. There's weird stuff. They use weird words on there. They have their own lingo, just like yeah. a lot yeah. of, you know, clubs. It's lines. supposed to be an alternative to the talk pages yeah. where yeah, people yeah. are automatically shut down. It, like the, the express point of these is to welcome people and to say, yeah. hey, good job. I really liked that. Do, you know, keep going, something like that. Do you have questions? To encourage that kind of discourse there. But I think Um, that that's actually another reason that people don't get involved. Because if somebody comes onto one of these, even the tea house or whatever, and there's ten different phrases that they don't understand, it's hard to learn the language yeah, before exactly. you get into it. And that's something that I'm going to get into oh, a little... No, no, no. And that's absolutely, that's another uh, another discouraging thing. And that goes back to that elite culture, right? You start using those jargon terms mm-hmm. and it becomes yeah. so jargony that you can't even figure out what is going on there. And it's and, a problem in like the SCA and, and all yeah, sorts of things. Yeah, everything that like that do. is. And in Unless you get culture develops their own thing, of course, of course, and that's just sort of the nature of how these things work. But it's how you encourage that or not. Wikipedia also does include tips and guidelines for contributor actions online, how to act, and that they have a list of them <laughs> that I was reading. They discourage negative tone, encourage patience, empathy. Say it's a collaborative space. We're not against each other. It's not about who wrote the article best. It's about getting the best information out there in general. Um, but they also have guidelines that essentially say, don't take it personally and stuff uh, like yeah. that. So they could have really left that really good stuff of just like be positive, be collaborative. But instead, it's like, remember, not everybody's out to get you. Don't take it so personally. It's like, well, that also doesn't that gives that the people who are out to get people a lot of cover. So that's kind of unfortunate. And they haven't made any of these things specific requirements for being editors, like a code of conduct or something like that, as far as I could tell. Yeah, there's nothing you have to promise to do. Exactly, exactly. And again, because so many of these editors, too, will cry censorship that as soon as somebody says that they're doing something wrong or that they don't agree with information that was put out or something, and heaven forbid any any kind of anything. And so Wikipedia doesn't want to get involved in that. As I mentioned... Uh, the average Wikipedia editor looks like one quarter of our podcast crew here. Um, and so there's so, definitely... Very handsome editor. <laughs> he does well, control the edit on this one. <laughs> uh, along those same lines with the contributors, there's a gender gap at Wikipedia, which, again, Wikipedia does acknowledge. What percentage of editors are women? What do you guys think? 2%. Oof. 15 uh, I'm going to say 12. In 2011, Wikipedia's own article said that it was about 8.5% of editors were women. And we don't have anything more recent than that? There is a little bit here and there. This is this was a significant study taken okay. under. I mean, think about it. We're talking how many millions of articles are there and how many... 78 million, you said, editors that are out there or something People like that? People with logins. People with logins, yeah. So there's, like, it's a huge thing to do and this is something that wikipedia did but they don't really have to and independent studies are tough to do on some of these kinds of things so 
we can assume that it hasn't changed huge amounts. Mm-hmm. Like it is changing, but it hasn't changed huge amounts. But I'll go, I'll get into that a little bit more. So there is a gender gap at who is editing the articles. And as we all know, and as Wikipedia thankfully does acknowledge, this can introduce bias into the articles as it is, right? It makes a difference whose eyes and whose perspective relates information, even in the most basic kinds of things. Like their incorrect grammar styles. (laughs) (laughs) Most importantly, (laughs) their incorrect grammar styles. So let's dig into the gender gap issue, because it's not just about who is writing the things, but it's about how Wikipedia represents different genders and how different genders are represented in Wikipedia. There was a really interesting 2016 review article titled Women Through the Glass Ceiling, Gender Asymmetries in Wikipedia. And this was by Wagner et al. And they did extensive review of this issue in different Wikipedia articles. So the English edition, which we'd said is the largest, any guess about how many of these articles, when we're talking about biographies of people, what percentage were about women? Oh, not very many, because there's a lot of... I cut that whole part out of my segment about the <laughs> who a lot qualifies. more famous historical dudes than women, yeah. for one thing. So, yeah, so there's the historical bias at play, and then the current bias will filter out even more. Okay, I'd say so two, just... 2%. 2%, okay. Oh, wow, I would guess higher than that. I would... 25 Okay. No, that's high. Okay. <laughs> so Lauren's the closest. It was 15%-ish. Oh, okay. But that's still, considering that women are, you know, close to 50% of the population of the world, <laughs> um, not even close to... And, like, a lot of the biographies, like, don't actually skew historical on Wikipedia. Mm. <laughs> a lot of them are, like, yeah. current pop culture figures mm-hmm. and like that. So, so and, and that's something that they looked at too. So this article, I really encourage you to look at it. It is open access so anybody can read it and it's pretty readable. And they looked at it, not just in the numbers of the objective numbers of how many articles are about women, but how things relate to each other. And they did like, as you guys were mentioning, they separated it by time period too. So they did a lot of analyses on pre 1900 and then post 1900 because so many more of the articles are about the previous century compared to times before that. And also because, you know, women weren't people before the previous century. So it was even harder to find information on those people. So they, they acknowledge those kinds of things there. You'd mentioned Ashlyn that there's a lot more famous dudes out there. His name is Lebowski? That's your name, dude. And part of that is, again, the women are lost to history, Mm -hmm. right? They're just not given the same credit as the men were. But in general, when you look at the biographies of women on Wikipedia, the women that do get a biography are more famous than the men that do. Yeah. So really famous women are getting their name out there, which is really cool. The flip side is that like local celebrity status men are deemed worthy of an article, but the the see the the bar is much higher for women. So a local celebrity type woman isn't going to get an article, whereas Joe Schmo is going to get mm. that. <laughs> Something I thought was kind of funny is that the the authors of this review article kept noting that men are more likely to write articles about themselves. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's part of the issue. Yeah. Well, and I think another part of it might be what Lauren was saying. There's so many football players. There's also probably a lot more 
like male sports team where every member of right. that team gets a an article. And when they did word clouds, the words that were most associated with men did have they were like league played um, team, uh, mm-hmm. like position, like a very sports related terms. So that is interesting. And of course, yeah, like how many male professional leagues are there versus women's leagues, right? But that is again just a reflection of other societal biases yeah, in favor of exactly. men. Because like women play sports and there are lots of women's sports teams, but they don't make nearly as much money because nobody cares about them. For and they don't get coverage reasons. for things, right? right. They don't because, get yeah. televised things, whereas, you know, junior high basketball boys will get coverage on news sometimes. Like, you know, it's weird. And again, they do acknowledge that, that it's like, which came first? Is it the societal biases that are affecting this or is this affecting, you know, kind of goes back and forth. Other things that they found really interesting, again, with the word cloud, and this is not surprising, in women's articles, um, words referring to family life and relationship status are much more strongly associated with women's articles versus men's articles, right? Like a woman is more likely to be referred to as the mother of or Mm -hmm. wife of or, you know, had children or something like that, whereas the men are not likely to do that. The types of terms that are used and the way that they're used is different too. So, generalizing type terms, so adjectives, more abstract ideas, are used in different ways for for women's articles versus men's articles. So those types of broad terms are used much more commonly for positive attributes for men, but for negative attributes for women. So surprise. So yeah, so for like negative things are seen as an ab- attribute more so of the community of women as a whole and the the positive attributes are seen as more of an attribute of the men as as a whole. And then good things are more like oh this specific woman and bad things are more this specific man. So it's just swapped that way. But the thing that brings us all home and makes it harder to get more and more articles to to bring gender parity is that the articles about women have fewer links to other articles in them. Mm-hmm. Articles about men are linked to much more often than articles about women. And very interestingly, so you take something, and I'm just, I don't want to use real people because somebody's going to go look it up and write us hate mail about it. But say that you take um, a husband and wife pair who are each famous for particular reasons. The woman's article is going to link to the man's article, but his article is not necessarily going to link back to her. And this is a very common theme with things. One example that they did cite in this paper is that um, you can find, with the whole Brexit thing, David Cameron, he was the Prime Minister at the time of the UK. Uh, You can go to his article, it gives lots of things there. Um, But it doesn't link to Theresa May, who is currently the Prime Minister. She's still there, right? Yeah, who is managing all of this and is currently the sitting, like, she is the leader of the country. (laughs) right now so things like that are very very common there so it just it's again it's those um omission things they could very easily but they just don't or they make a point of linking back to men's articles at women's but they don't reverse link for women's ones and so that changes how we have search terms that changes how search engines find things that changes how many times you go down a click hole with things right because if it's just not available you just don't do it Right? What's the number called of the number of citations an article gets? It's impact number? Maybe, yeah. But it's kind of like that. If a Wikipedia article has a lot of things linking to it, it's more impactful because more people are going to... Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And like I was saying, just like for the new people, a lot of women especially say that there is a sexualized environment, it's a harassment type environment, it's really hostile for for people to come into it. And that usual thing where, you know, assertion and boldness is expected, but when it's coming from a from a woman, then it's seen as off-putting. And women's articles are very likely to be rejected. Their first articles are very likely to be rejected. And at present, there are no official policies or strategies put in place to address this issue, despite the fact that it is um, an issue. Luckily, there are some projects that are out there. Have you guys heard of the Women in Red Project? Nope. That makes me just think of the missing and murdered Indigenous women. Nope. No, it is It is not that. It made me think of the, 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 the pink hat, purple hat ladies. Yeah. That women's society. The red hat ladies. Red hat ladies. That's they wear red hats and purple, and purple clothes. Purple clothes, right. So the Women in Red Project, it's a wiki project, and I'm just going to quote this here from their Wikipedia page, is the wiki project whose objective is to turn red links, so those are the ones where there is no biography for somebody, into blue links. This is really common for, for women there. So they go around looking, searching out these red links or potential red links, and then they go and try to purposely build biographies and articles around these people. I've noticed this with a lot of the stuff that I dabble in for fun. I've noticed a lot more obscure female presenting minor royalty or something has yeah articles now so and that's great so as of october 9th 2018 you know that 15 percent figure that i said it had gone up to 17.67 percent of the biographies were about women so you know it sounds like oh only two percent it, you know, it's climbing, though. It That's a is lot of climbing. articles. And that is a lot, a lot yeah. of articles, right? And considering that less than 10% of the editors are women themselves, and that that's a lot, that's a lot of work that's going into it. So this project was originally conceived by a Wikipedia editor named Roger Bamkin in 2015, and he was uh, joined shortly thereafter by Rosie Stevenson Goodnight and Emily Templewood. So... What they do, and this is really neat, is they have an ongoing online edit-a-thon, but then they organize in-person edit-a-thons every month around the U.S. and in different countries as well. Sometimes they are open to anyone. Sometimes they are sort of women-only spaces, or they're really like they're really encouraging um, women to get involved. And they make a point of saying, this month we're focusing on women of this background from this time frame. This month we're looking at women biologists this month we're looking at this so they really target what they're going to do and when and they do it in a space with um experienced editors so that people who are not likely to join those the hostile online things can go somewhere learn how to do it and build the skills and feel confident to continue doing it maybe i should actually pay attention to some of the you know talk pages and stuff (laughs) i just ignore the whole you just stick to moving those periods inside those quotation marks there you go So this is a really cool project that you can learn more about if you want to. They've got a Red Links Index. So if you're if you want to get involved and you have a very particular interest or specialty, you know, that sounds like me. (laughs) (laughs) You can you can get involved with that kind of thing. And it's it's a really good thing to see. I mean, yeah, progress is slow. But when you're looking at a behemoth like this, it's going to be right. But progress is being made. So that's pretty awesome. you have a segue or speaking of editors (laughs) editors i know right (laughs) 
So as you may have been able to tell by the uh, interjections this episode, I learned a lot about Wikipedia while researching this episode, and specifically, I learned a lot about how much bureaucracy and how many bizarre policies that Wikipedia has. <laughs> to quote Wikipedia itself, An edit war occurs when editors who disagree about the content of a page repeatedly override each other's contributions. Editors engaged in a dispute should reach consensus or pursue dispute resolution rather than edit warring. As uh, one of the meta articles says, it should really be called a revert war, but no one's going to change the lingo now. It's an edit war. The most important rule regarding edit wars is called 3RR, the three revert rule. This rule is intended to stop people from just mindlessly undoing each other's work over and over again. There are even in-a-nutshell boxes in these articles that basically say, before you screw with someone else's work, why not try communicating with them about it? Yeah. <laughs> Use your words. But as we've mentioned, this is not uh, the least hostile place. So the three revert rule states, quote, An editor must not perform more than three reverts on a single page, whether involving the same or different material, within a 24-hour period. An edit or a series of consecutive edits that undoes other editors' actions, whether in whole or in part, counts as a revert. Violations of the rule often track blocks of at least 24 hours. Fourth reverts just outside the 24-hour period may also be taken as evidence of edit warring, especially if repeated or combined with other edit warring behavior. You can't sneak around that 24-hour rule, they'll see ya. Uh, there are some important exemptions, uh, like when removing blatant vandalism or when adding controversial stuff to living people's biographies. And the policies regarding living people's biographies on Wikipedia oh, are extensive. I <laughs> bet. Libel laws and yeah. lawsuits. So if you are removing something that somebody has added to a living person's biography, you can uh, you can pretty much do that with abandon as many times it's as you want. Right, yeah. yeah. So you will not be like accused of edit warring for doing that. Uh, edit wars are such a thing on Wikipedia that there are multiple pages on multiple different platforms to discuss them and define them. Uh, this one on meta.wikimedia.org was particularly amusing to me. Quote, Edit warring is believed by some to be important, possibly due to the historical regularity and frequency of the occurrence of these wars. <laughs> a careful and scholarly study of available archaeological evidence has even suggested that edit wars may have recurred on a regular basis going back all the way to the beginning of recorded history, even before the advent of proper writing circa 2001 CE. <laughs> I'm gonna smash your stone and chisel my own. So uh, most of what I found while researching edit wars was like lists of the best edit wars. So that is what, <laughs> that is what most of my segment constitutes. Yeah. <laughs> and I love them. Okay. People's nationalities are very controversial. So if a person is famous and well-liked, people want them to be from their country. Mm -hmm. uh, so people like uh, Tesla, Freddie Mercury goes has like seven different countries of origin oh, apparently really? depending on who's editing his article that day mm -hmm. um so that goes all the way around uh, here's a fun one whether the nintendo wii should be called just the wii or the nintendo wii and also if wii rhymes with wii w-e or wii w-e-e -E, even though those are pronounced exactly the same how you spell it in the article caused an edit war of, like, thousands of reverts. What? Oh, my God. That's life, you people. Wait, wait. But Wikipedia uses IPA. Why would that even be a thing mentioned in Probably the because some nerd thought it was funnier to say it rhymed with we, W-E-E. -E. One of the largest edit wars of all time was on the article on cuteness. 
<laughs> cuteness? Cuteness. Can anyone guess what on the article about cuteness would be so controversial? What is the cutest thing ever? Nope. So it is whether cuteness is a survival strategy. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I feel like that's got a little meat to it, at least. I was really expecting, like, a kittens versus puppies thing. Right, yeah. right. Like that. But there is also the, uh, I think it's an article about polar bears, where there's an adorable picture of baby polar bears, and uh, there has been an edit war over whether to call this a cute picture, because where is your evidence that this is cute? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so when I say Iron Maiden, what comes to mind first? The band. The torture device. The probably not really used as a torture device, torture device. Okay. Band, torture device, tiebreaker? The band in a torture device. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm serious. Yeah, so there has been uh, an edit war about which Which should be the the main page. Yeah. Yeah. So when you just do... Wikipedia slash Iron Maiden, should it go to the torture device or the band? Disambiguation. Yeah, which one is the more famous thing? What one gets a parenthesis? And obviously, we have no idea based on the survey in this table. Okay, but it's gotta be the torture device because that's what the band is named after. <laughs> well, yeah. you can go make that edit if you want to. Start the, Start it again. Like, I, I, I think it is indisputable that, that most people will think of the band. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think most people... Are they know as well-known yeah. outside of, I don't know... Nerds who like thinking about history? And yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, Caesar Salad... Not just one, but multiple edit wars on the page for Caesar Salad. I bet. Uh, the spelling of Caesar Salad. Right, yeah. Where and when it was invented. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. whether the sauce includes anchovies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I believe that the original formulation... Oh, God, but you don't know... It, dep- it depends which origin story you're going with. Yep. But the original formulation that I heard contains Worcestershire sauce. Uh, uh, contains anchovies. Does contain anchovies, but mm. anchovy paste is not actually an ingredient in the sauce. It's the Worcestershire sauce. My mom used both. Jim's picking a lot of hills to die on in this segment. Yeah. <laughs> he's just... He's got to have an opinion about each of these edit wars. <laughs> Because he's yeah, exactly the kind man. of person who edits these I'm things. glad you said it, because I was going to. <laughs> like, because Jeff is the stereotypical editor right here. So, most of these edit wars haven't actually caused the page to be locked. But <laughs> this one has. The article on hummus cannot be edited. What? Still? Because. Oh, I can see that, actually. Go ahead. Do you have a theory? I feel like there's going to be, like, some Israeli-Palestinian problems uh-huh. going on yep. there. Yep. Oh, God. <laughs> the article Hummus, along with other articles relating to the Arab-Israeli conflict, is currently... <laughs> <laughs> that should not... That should not... <laughs> two groups of people that eat hummus. Hummus is an article relating to the Arab-Israeli conflict. Is currently subject to active arbitration remedies as laid out during the 2008 arbitration case and supplemented by community consensus. Jem is crying. (laughs) Did not expect to come across that in my my research. No, not at all. (laughs) I'm not laughing about the conflict uh, uh, for the record. Okay, the last one. Uh, the page on arachnophobia. What's going to be controversial about that to cause a multi-thousand the edit? pictures included. Yep. Whether or not to include pictures of giant tarantulas on the page about arachnophobia. 
So Wait, because because you don't want to trigger somebody. Oh, yeah. Right. So yeah. there are people who say, "Well, it's a page about arachnophobia. We should put a picture of a spider." And then there, and those people say, "The people who are arachnophobes who are coming to visit this page can just turn off images on their browser. That's much easier than not including a picture of a spider in this article." Do people know how to turn off images on their browser? Not normal no. people. <laughs> no, they don't. Only these computer savvy idiots who are sitting at their computer. <laughs> I mean, I, so I admit, I used to know how to turn off images in my browser because my internet was so slow that it would just speed everything up so much that I would do it. But yeah, I, have no I don't know how to do it in my that. current browser. I don't even know if all modern browsers can do that. The internet is so image focused now. It is. Mm. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I don't even know if I could use Babe Engine without images turned on. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> Your whole day would be ruined. <laughs> how can you get around without nipples in the background? <laughs> That's so, so. Oh, man. I guess. I get, yeah. I, I think you need to put spiders on there. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I was like, oh no, she's going to open this can of worms, isn't she? Can't get open a can of spiders. We don't. But you okay. don't have to put a giant one. I, I, was, I was very specifically thinking in my head, this is something I don't need to have an opinion on. No, I'm good. Laura does. I'm going to try to shut up about this one. <laughs> See, I, and I, I feel like that's so human to, like, as soon as you hear that there are two sides to an issue, you have to pick one, and that is your tribe. <laughs> you two are going to grow old together, sitting on a porch, picking your hills to die on. <laughs> so Jem asked me to talk about Congress edits as part of my section on edit wars. Uh, so Congress Edits was a Twitter account slash bot, which automatically tweeted an, any anonymous edits that were made to Wikipedia, which originated from a range of IP addresses belonging to the Congress computer network. The edits are coming from inside the house. <laughs> so those could have been made by staffers or Congress folks or even tourists or journalists who were just using the network. Congress Edits was run by Ed Summers, who was inspired by a friend's tweet about Parliament Wiki Edits, which tweets about edits made by the staffers of Parliament of the United Kingdom. And these Twitter bots have inspired other similar bots around the world. Uh, in addition to being a tool for transparency, it was hoped that this would encourage legitimate editors to log into their accounts instead of editing anonymously, and also that it would catch malicious edits being made, such as removing mentions of torture, editing yep. the assassination of JFK page to stoke conspiracy theories, and editing job descriptions from things like corporate lawyer to attorney. Makes them sound a little more friendly and less big business. Does Ted Cruz still um, redirect to the Zodiac Killer? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes Wikipedia vandalism can be used for good. <laughs> Uh, it can also pick up on other unsavory activities, such as the doxing or revealing of personal information, such as addresses and phone numbers, of prominent Republicans when they were questioning Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. In this case, Congress Edits allowed those edits to be tweeted out automatically to around 65,000 followers of the Congress Edits Twitter account. Which is why Congress Edits no longer exists. Okay, so that's what I was going to ask you. Nowhere could I find why Twitter actually shut down Congress edits, and I thought that that was maybe part of it, Yeah, but it doesn't say it's, anywhere. It, it's because it, it got turned into an auto-doxing service. Okay, mm. yeah. So Maliciously, yeah. Right, and one of the other problems with something like this and the other ones that are used around the world uh, is that... Uh, 
Twitter accounts can be used to encourage pranksters to make wild or malicious edits because they know the world will see them. Yeah. So you can make any sort of edit as long as it's from that network and it'll automatically be tweeted out to 65,000 people, even if you're making bizarre things. And there was also, it was changed about a year ago so that it would actually include a screenshot of what was edited and yeah, not just a link to the, the page. Yeah. yeah. Which is, like, good for transparency. Right. Because, you know, you want to know when they are, you know, removing references to controversial things the senator has done. Or when they are, you know, engaging in public spin. When they are, like, one of the things that's removed is enhanced interrogation uh, being described as a euphemism for torture. They removed that reference to torture, you know. So it was a good idea, but there are obvious downsides where it can be... Mm -hmm. Exploited. Yeah, exploited. Yep, the internet is all about, that seemed like a great idea until it was exploited by bad actors. Yeah. Like um, your boob engine. <laughs> <laughs> so in the same day where uh, Congress edits was being used to dox Republicans, uh, changes were made to the Wikipedia page on the Devil's Triangle, a phrase that appeared in Kavanaugh's entry in his high school yearbook. Yep. He testified that it referred to a drinking game. The term also refers to threesomes. The wiki change added, quote, Devil's Triangle, a popular drinking game enjoyed by the friends of Judge Kavanaugh. (laughs) Yeah. We could spend uh, literally hours. Uh, We've spent almost literally hours talking about this already, uh, talking about the various controversies involving Wikipedia, but instead I'll just direct you all to the Wikipedia article, List of Wikipedia Controversies, uh, which I'm sure will be uh, an unbiased, dare I say, unimpeachable source. One of my favorite features of Wikipedia, honestly, is being able to look up a famous person and skip to the controversy section and see if they're a terrible person. I love that. (laughs) Nice. It's very easy. Anyway... But instead, I'd like to end this episode on a lighter note. Why don't we all tell the listeners about some of our favorite Wikipedia entries? For me, like, this is obviously an impossible task. I mean, it is like pulling teeth to get me to narrow any list down to a single entry. Um, But I always find Wikipedia's lists generally pretty amusing (laughs) because they're often so absurdly arbitrary. Uh, uh, Unfortunately, there is no Wikipedia entry for list of lists, However, if you search for a list of lists, you will be redirected to the very real Wikipedia page, List of Lists of Lists, which is, and I quote, A list of articles that are lists of list articles on the English Wikipedia. Some of the linked articles are themselves lists of lists of lists. This article is also a list of lists. Oh my god. <laughs> I love whoever had to write it out. <laughs> for, for, for some idea of what I mean when I say arbitrary, the aforementioned list of lists of lists contains several sections, themselves lists, I suppose, including military, which contains lists of Bulgarian military aircraft, but no corresponding list of lists for any other single nation. <laughs> it also includes the engineering heading, uh, which only contains a single article, lists of tallest buildings in New York. I have several. Okay. I have picked one, though. Okay. It is a topic about a particular grammatically correct sentence. I know the one you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else have any guesses? Yeah. Um, I'm sure I've heard it, but go on. Starts with a B. Yeah. Buffalo, 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 Buffalo. <laughs> You haven't heard this one? 
I don't spend all so day You can go to the Wikipedia page and it is diagrammed. Okay. <laughs> Only one of them is a place name. Buffalo is not a verb. Yes, what the it fuck? is. No, it's not. It means to hoodwink someone. <laughs> okay, just because you can put words together and all of those words are in English and some of them might be verbs doesn't make it a sentence. That's exactly what a sentence is. Okay. Okay. This was not even on my list, but I feel the, the, if you look for the Wikipedia article, G-H-O-T-I. Yes, I knew that one. That spells fish. Goaty. Yes. Uh, G-H as in enough. O uh, as in women. And T-I as in nation. Fish. Yeah, that one is really annoying, but not as terrible as the other thing. (laughs) I actually do have something okay. funny. And this is, I literally looked this up an hour ago. Um, one thing that I do think is really funny is in March of 2008, Jimmy Wales used Wikipedia to end a relationship he was having. <laughs> <laughs> he edited his his own article You're saying, not supposed to do I that. I am no longer involved with Rachel Marsden, who he was with at the wow. time. That is worse than changing your Facebook status to It's Complicated. <laughs> That's yeah. A dick move. So I thought that was pretty hilarious. No more $2 donations for you, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also, um, one thing that I did find was funny was the list of fictional island countries is pretty Yes, fun. I love that oh. one. That one's pretty, pretty good. Jimmy Wales also caused an edit war when he decided he didn't want his actual birth date on Wikipedia, so he removed it. And the edit war resulted in it being put back with four supporting sources. <laughs> <laughs> so my favorite feature of Wikipedia is the article of the day email that I get every day. So they will take uh, about a thousand character summary of whatever the featured article of the day is and email it to you along with four or five on this day in history sort of little mm-hmm. things. And I've learned a lot of cool stuff about really random things by clicking on those little summaries and learning things. The featured article of the day seems weirdly skewed towards some topics. Yeah. <laughs> and there's about, I think, four like of the super editors who get to decide what all these featured articles are. Oh, yeah. So things that they're obsessed with. U.S. highways. Just like U.S. highway number nine is the featured article of the day a lot or whatever. Types of mushroom. Lots of that. And then the weirdest one, in my opinion, is sci-fi and fantasy magazines. So like... Uh, greatest tales or whatever there are apparently hundreds of these various sci-fi and fantasy magazines that have accepted stories and and been published for varying amounts of time over the years and i swear at least one of them is the featured article of the day every month (laughs) (laughs) it's just outnumbering everything and i don't understand why but similar to that i go to the wikipedia landing page basically every day to see the article of the day the list of on this days and they also have sometimes they have a featured list and there's always a picture as well which is usually a person that it leads to their biography or a painting and then i can read about the painting and stuff it's part of my morning routine i go to cbc read the news get really depressed go to wikipedia learn about buffaloes and then we're great <laughs> 
The email also comes in at exactly midnight, which tells me, hmm, maybe I should sleep. <laughs> <laughs> There's a really good article. Um, well, okay, I, I don't know if it's a really good article. It's an interesting article. A lot of these things are like, this is an, this is an okay article about a really interesting subject. That's Wikipedia's new tagline. Yeah. <laughs> Have any of you heard of an illegal number? No. There's a there's an okay uh, Wikipedia article uh, about it, um, and its cousin, the illegal prime. These numbers tend to be rather large. Uh, can anyone guess what sort of numbers they might be? Is it like when you do the square root of something that you're not supposed to be able to? <laughs> no. So uh, these are numbers that are literally illegal in some jurisdictions. Legal as in law. Oh, okay. So the the key bit of context here that some of our listeners may be aware of is that any information can be encoded as a string of numbers. That's how computers work. But any string of numbers is in itself simply a number. Mm -hmm. So you can take any piece of information, for example, a computer program or an image and represent it as a single very large number. So storage and transmission of certain information can be illegal. Thus, any information that cannot be legally stored or transmitted can in and of itself constitute an illegal number. For example, there is a single number that is very large that represents source code that circumvents copy protection on DVDs. <laughs> That is an illegal prime. Mm. Um, you can also have large numbers that represent certain images that are obviously illegal for very good reasons. Wasn't there a whole thing where somebody posted that enormous number somewhere? This is a very strange and interesting and hairy topic. So people will often, as a form of protest, take an illegal number, usually one that is illegal for, like, copy protection reasons. Mm -hmm. And they will basically encode that number in a specific way, uh, often on a flag using a few bars of color and then like a modifier, which is simply another way of encoding that number, uh, which I don't need to get into, and they will they will display it, mm -hmm. um, uh, which is in a sense a way of displaying a highly compressed version of the source code for, for a particular program, for example. That's really cool. Yeah, I hadn't thought about the fact that you could make anything really into a number, and then that number can be illegal for many reasons. That's wild. One thing I love about Wikipedia, because, you know, I have no life, I love playing the philosophy game. Mm -hmm. Getting to philosophy? Getting to philosophy, or the philosophy game, or click it, <laughs> however <laughs> yep. you want to refer to it. If you haven't played it, you start with any random article, and you click the first link that isn't in brackets, and then the click the first link on the page it takes you to, and so on. Eventually, most pages take you back to the wiki page about philosophy. Or, as Ashlyn found out this afternoon, you can get caught into a click loop. Yeah, I think it's 97% uh, of pages on Wikipedia will uh, end up hitting the article for philosophy. Ashlyn found two this afternoon that didn't, so... Yeah, that just went in a loop. And it was just yeah. because I was hitting random article, which is another one of my favorite Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah. Except it gives you more... European footballers and American yeah. highway numbers and <laughs> small towns in Lithuania. So the philosophy game has actually produced another multi-year edit war. Um, <laughs> because the first four links on the Wikipedia page for mathematics yes. 
are ordered such that the the first three fail the philosophy game. Uh, so the first three links, if you click on them, they will not lead you to philosophy. But the fourth one does. So people have tried to edit it so that the... Uh, fourth the link fourth becomes, one the, becomes first. the first one, but other people say, well, that ruins the integrity of the game. It, you know, it's not natural, and so it must be reverted. Multiple years of edits over this. <laughs> I love how nobody's going, oh, that ruins the integrity of the article's reliability. <laughs> people are just like, no, 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 the game must be played as is. Well, but I mean, the fact the sentence that- makes sense no matter what order those links are in, so yeah. But the fact that the existence of that meta-textual game is influencing the composition of articles yeah. is itself an example of bias. Maybe yeah. that's not a, a particularly sinister example, but mm-hmm. it, it happens, right? Mm-hmm. It's still just fun to play. And it's not it's not unique to philosophy. You no. know, you can you can um, you can play that you can play a game where you 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 and your friends started a random article like the same random article mm-hmm. and you see who can get to philosophy in the fewest fewest clicks without limiting yourself to the first one if you want. Philosophy is just an example that has a drastically high hit rate. (laughs) Jim talked about playing this with friends. I prefer to think of it as a game of six degrees of separation that I don't need other people to play because (laughs) I don't want to deal with them. I I wonder how many many links between philosophy and Kevin Bacon. Uh, So a a pretty good uh, Wikipedia article is the incredibly vague list of predictions. (laughs) There's got to be so many. Yeah, there are indeed so many. So many, in fact, that it is tagged with, this list is incomplete. You can help by expanding it, which makes me think that Wikipedia just wants us to start wildly speculating. (laughs) Predict something, anything. please. (laughs) Please predict more. Well, oh, there's another one. I'm trying to think of it. It's something like list of murderers in the U.S. And it says you can help by expanding it. Please don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw somebody make a really excellent quip on Twitter. Uh, I think it was last year to the article "List of sexually active popes." Oh, <laughs> yes. oh my god, is Wikipedia encouraging me to fuck the pope? <laughs> Just um, the Borgia ones. So I have one more small thing that I happened upon uh, just today, and it is list of vampire traits in folklore and fiction. So the article is basically a giant table of, like, the common things about vampires and whether in every tradition that is a true or a false thing. Ah. Okay, but the best part about it is, as you're scrolling through, like, the various weaknesses or whatever, one of the boxes says, get soggy in milk. That is one of the weaknesses of (laughs) vampire. And so you scroll over... only one of them. (laughs) I know which one. No, well, so they're all... Organized by just the type, and yes, it is Count Chocula. Yep. Gets soggy in milk. No, don't open that box. <laughs> of course, it has the little thing beside it saying "citation needed." <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Wikipedia can produce these ridiculous, fun things because anybody can edit it, and that is kind of a small joy in our horrible existence. Yeah. Thanks, Ashlyn. Had to take the gym part. There's one that I thought uh, that Ashlyn and Lauren might get a kick out of. It is about a uh, 17th and 18th century uh, fad, the garden hermit. For a time in Europe, large estate owners, there was a fad where they would pay uh, somebody to live in a grotto on their estate as a hermit, and they would consult them for advice. Yep. I I feel like I have heard of that, but yeah, that that is very special. 
That's hilarious. Starting from from philosophy and playing the game with the first unbracketed link, um, 23 links in, you get into a link hole with science, so it does not get you to Kevin Bacon. Mm. I bet you get from Kevin Bacon to philosophy pretty quickly, though. Probably. Yeah. Another uh, another good one. The Wikipedia entry, fictitious entry. <laughs> what? <laughs> Which is a, a, a real article. It is not a fictitious Wikipedia entry, but it is a Wikipedia entry about fictitious entries in works of reference. Mm. Uh, so paper towns and copyright traps, mm-hmm. for example. Um, it, it's, it provides a good overview of the subject. Cool. I just wish they would call it something a little less uh, <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> Totally real entry. This is a totally real entry in Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. Lorem ipsum dollar set. <laughs> and there's also, uh, there's the article on the Great Molasses Flood. Uh, oh, that was so tragic. Yeah. Well, yeah. That container burst and uh, a bunch of people died. It's like a molasses tidal wave. Slow, slow, painful death. <laughs> it was actually... No, it was very fast. <laughs> on the subject of uh, skeptical topics... The list of animals with fraudulent diplomas <laughs> is pretty good. What? It includes Ben Goldacre's deceased cat. Yes. There is also the list of unusual units of measurement. Yes. Which I includes the unit of measurement bag of cement. <laughs> what? Is that used for anything other than a bag of cement? <laughs> Please let it be something completely unrelated. You'll, you'll, have, you'll have to visit the article and find out. Just tell me. Okay, well, I don't have anything else. I don't know. Wikipedia is kind of fun sometimes. Yep. It is a trove of things to waste your time. And, and learn, learn something. occasionally. <laughs> like that the word buffalo can be a verb. Although it does say, because I went and read after. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you all so much right now. It makes a point of saying that this is uncommon usage. So <laughs> most people would be like, this is no longer a common verb. It may have been, but lots of things have been verbs that are no longer because we don't use them. And lots of nouns have been verbed, and I can't stand it. Exactly. Although See? English is a living language, and I have to learn to accept... No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Stephen Fry told me I had to. You used Google earlier in this episode as a verb. Yeah. Uh, what are you talking about next month, Ashlyn? Uh, Laura came up with a good idea, actually. We're going to talk about unnecessary Christmas things. Think about what that might mean, and we'll get back to you next month. <laughs> For example, Jesus. <laughs> good night, everybody. Night. <laughs> Life, the Universe, and Everything Else is produced by Ashlyn Noble and Jem Newman. If you want to support the show, the best way to do that is with a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, or by sharing an episode with a friend. Original music is produced by Ian James, and this episode was edited by Jem Newman. We're not making this a bummer episode, remember? Yeah, remember? You promised! (laughs) I don't get art. (laughs) I don't get Paul. Hello, darkness, my old friend. (laughs) I've come.
I'm going from my like 1996 watching of this from <laughs> all these brain facts. So. Brain facts. As <laughs> <laughs> opposed to those other facts. Yeah. Heart facts. Paper facts. <laughs> Things that are written down are paper facts. Okay. <laughs> when you said brain facts, I just imagined, <laughs> I imagined um, uh, Alex Jones just uh, yelling brain facts. <laughs> Because <laughs> Alex Jones sells the brain force pills, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sold. 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 <laughs> what did they finally... I don't know. Like, all of his... He's not advertising on anything anymore. And I'm sure he still, he has, has, his he still has his online store. Yeah. I guess so. And his followers are still buying his crap. Yeah. Ugh. The pills are mostly water. <laughs> uh, camphor t- thrown in for flavor. Well, one of the really funny things is that... Um, the, the InfoWars guys are constantly going on about how soy is emasculating and like that. And brain force pills have soy in them. <laughs> uh, I love when it's like a cell phone. <laughs> yeah. In June 2006, Roy Rosenwig, a prof- okay, let's try that again. Roy Rosenwig, a professor specialot a professor specializing in American history. <laughs> <laughs> you try saying professor ex- specializing. Professor specializing. <laughs> and that, dear listeners, was the finger. <laughs> you try saying it with a tongue study in your face. <laughs> oh, that's fair. So Linus's law, if you don't know, was named for Linus Torvalds, the inventor of Linux, states that... Sorry, you can't call Linux. it Linux. I can't call you it Linux. Linux. I said, you I have know. to say Linux. Well, <laughs> We're going to get so many emails. As soon as I said Linus, and then yeah. I know I'm going to say it Linux. <laughs> yeah. Who is the average editor? in Jim. this? <laughs> Essentially, right? Like Essentially. So probably we, looks like me, but... In their 2011 study... Um, <laughs> We're not even going to let him object. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Editors tend to be the sort of obsessives more likely to debate every little detail. Jen? <laughs> Just saying you fit in right there. Do you have anything you want to say right now? <laughs> I find the, the environment of Wikipedia incredibly unpleasant, and I am not an editor for that reason. Yeah, no, so that's fine, but that's not what I was trying to do. I was trying to continue my segment. He stays out of toxic environments. <laughs> he tries to. And then he comes and records with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, just because you can put words together and all of those words are in English and some of them might be verbs doesn't make it a sentence. That's exactly what a sentence is. No, a sentence has to have meaning. Tell her about the alternate spelling of fish. <laughs> oh boy. Oh no. Jim's sleeping on the couch, that looks like. <laughs> oh, 
So how many buffaloes is that in a row? Eight. Eight. Yeah. yeah, there's eight buffaloes. Make a grammatically correct sentence. As long as you capitalize the right one. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, yeah. No. No. Okay. That's my favorite Wikipedia article. God. And my favorite part of this podcast ever. <laughs> Lord. Okay, Laura, do you have something better? No, I don't, because I don't spend all day on Wikipedia. <laughs> Picked buffalo, 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 buffalo. Do not attribute a decision like that to me. Thank you. I do not. We have reached a Wikipedia nil state. I think I'll reorder that because I accidentally ended that on a bummer.